Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We are currently in the middle of the interview series. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, we have a whole series on resumes and how to write your resume, particularly you know, if you're, you're getting out for the first time and you've never had a civilian job, or even if you're trying to move from your first civilian job to your second one. Uh, a lot of times, you know, veterans go through a lot of iterations of their resume to really figure out what it's like to write one and how to write it. So we have a whole series on that and my recommendations and what I've seen on both sides of the process, having gotten out myself and had to work through the inter- the resume, and then now having been on the outside for a couple years now and, and, and just seeing my resume transform as well as a lot of other veterans that I've interviewed and seen what works, what doesn't work and how to go about that. So we have a whole series on that, but currently we're in the interview series. We did an overview episode two uh, episodes ago, so I encourage you to go back and look at that, listen to that one if you haven't, so you can kind of see what's coming over the next couple series or the next couple episodes of of this particular series. Uh, last episode was on attitude, which is probably the most important aspect of the interview. Um, so if you haven't checked that one out yet, I encourage you to. And this episode is specifically about dress and what to wear um, and how to present yourself. I know, you know, being in the military, there's like this attitude and this thought of like, we're really sharp and we're really clean cut. And like, you know, we, we know how to present ourselves. And when you're getting out for the first time, nobody's telling you what to wear. There's no requirement with regards to what kind of shirt to wear, what kind of suit to wear, what kind of shoes, belt, watch, you know, if if you go look at, you know, the uniform regs for for whatever service you were in, they're very explicit. They tell you exactly what to wear, what color, and generally you get everything at the uniform store. But now for the first time, you can wear whatever the hell you want. If you want to walk in there in a bathing suit, you're more than welcome to do that. 99% of the time, that's not what you want to wear, uh, but you have that option. And so, uh, you know, believe it or not, while while to some of you listening, this may seem like a perhaps overly obvious point to emphasize. But believe it or not, I've been in interviews where people wore things that I thought were inappropriate and were not presenting themselves in the right way. And the one most important aspect of the, and the reason I created this as a separate section discussing what to wear is because I've seen people make these mistakes, like I've mentioned, but also the whole key here is making sure that the people interviewing you can focus on you and they're not getting distracted by what you're wearing. And that's perhaps the most important takeaway here. Uh, you know, there, there are certainly guys and, and, and ladies on active duty who like to show off, particularly on the weekends. I mean, some of my troops, I didn't even recognize them on the weekends because they just look so different. But now's not the time to, to, to exude your fashion sense, right? Now is, is the time to present yourself in a professional way and let that employer know or that interviewer know and, uh, that, that you're ready for the next phase of your life and allow them to imagine you working with them. If they're focused on something else other than you, you've done something wrong. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first aspect of this uh, to realize is this is not a military board and this is not a military interview. You may have sat on boards uh, like Sailor of the Quarter or you know Soldier of the Year, whatever it was. This is not that. 
um, it's similar, certainly it's still an interview, but it's it, in terms of what you're going to wear and how you're going to present yourself. It's not even remotely the same. It's not super strict and super strict. It's just a conversation. And so just realize that like, just cause you've done military interviews and military boards, these are not the same thing. And so, you know, it's important not to conflate those. So when we're talking about the guys, you need a suit. Most guys already have a suit, but I can tell you I didn't, and so I had to go get one. But if you do have a suit and it's black, that's not a suit you want to wear to your interview. Uh, Typically, black suits are just reserved for funerals. You can wear one to an interview. It's not the end of the world, but generally, it's not really recommended. Um, What was recommended to me and I've seen work is typically like a dark blue, dark navy blue, which people sometimes refer to as like a power suit, um, or a dark gray or even a light gray is generally fine. But again, you want some sort uh, sort of bold but like subdued colors. So again, you're not distracting anybody. My recommendation is to go to Brooks Brothers or Jose Bank when you're looking at where do you get a suit. You don't want to go to the Navy Exchange or the or, or the BX or the PX or whatever and just get whatever suit they have. Uh, this needs to be custom fitted. So you're going to have to go in and get sized and you need to get it custom fitted. It's really easy to skimp on this. I mean, you could go to Men's Warehouse. Men's Warehouse is hit or miss. The reason I don't recommend Men's Warehouse is because they have some really shitty stuff, but they also have some good stuff. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you might not get the good quality. And so, or they might have you overpay for something. Uh, Brooks Brothers is always good quality, whether you go to the outlet store or the regular store. And the regular store has several sales throughout the year. So I'm not recommending you just walk in there right off the block and go get a suit. You know, talk to the people who work there. They will tell you when the sales are. They usually have a semi-annual sale. Um, So as long as you're preparing for uh, your transition in advance, you can go and and get a suit at a really good price. Sometimes it's like buy one, get one free. Jose Bank also has good quality. They do a lot of buy one, get two free stuff. Um, So typically, though, if you get a suit at Brooks Brothers Jose Bank, for one suit, you're looking at spending probably a couple hundred dollars, like minimum 200 maybe, um, usually around three to 400 might sound like a lot of money, but if you actually go look at how much your service dress uniforms cost or your class A's or whatever you call them, generally they cost about that much. Uh, you know, if you're enlisted and you got a uniform stipend, you may never really have seen that cost. Um, but I know for those of us who are officers, you know, our first issue, we may have gotten away with not really seeing the financing on it. But by the time we, you know, a couple years in, we have to get a new uh, service dress. It's definitely not cheap. Like I had to get some new choker whites when I had been in, I think right after I picked up Lieutenant. And uh, I did not like having to buy uh, a whole new set of dress whites. Um, so it really isn't that much different than what you're used to. The difference here is there's no assistance to pay for this. You got to pay for it yourself. But I promise you, this is a good investment. Whether you're going to go work in an industry where you never wear that suit again, it's always good to have a suit for potential interviews. You know, if you get laid off, like that can happen in the private industry. So you always want to have a suit handy. And so that's why I recommend like really not skimping on this. You want you if you get a cheap suit and you're interviewing for a professional role, people will notice. You'll look like a used car salesman, and the reason the term used car salesman exists is because people know what that person, they can, you can visualize what that person looks like and how they act, and you don't want to come off that way. So I really encourage you to get to go to Brooks Brothers or Jasse Bank, spend a couple hundred bucks, bite the bullet, get a nice suit, make sure you, 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 know, you go in there well in advance so you have time to get sized by them. It'll take a couple weeks for them to size you and, and send it to the tailor and get everything cut. Um, I think start to finish mine took like two to three weeks. Um, so it doesn't take that long. Sometimes it can be quicker. Uh, sometimes it might be a little longer, but generally plan for a couple of weeks to get your suit uh, completely set up because sometimes you go in, you try it on after it's been sized and there's a few little tweaks they have to make. And depending who on who their tailor is, it might take a little bit more. 
like I said, when it comes to color, dark navy blue or dark gray, light gray is okay as well, but I really wouldn't veer too much on that. Don't get all of these like crosshatch designs. Pinstripes are generally a little bit too much. If you guys want to get a suit later on that's like that, once you get into a job and you see what everyone else is wearing, that's totally fine. But again, you don't want to wear anything to try to be fashionable because being fashionable is never going to get you the job. Nobody is ever, unless you're interviewing in fashion, which I assume most veterans are not, it is never going to get you the job. They want to know if you can do the specific job that you're interviewing for and what you have, what you're wearing has almost nothing to do with that. So just wear something that allows them to focus on you and not what you're wearing. And, and again, you can't go wrong with those colors of a suit. Now, when it comes to women, you have a lot more of latitude. I, you know, I'm not a woman myself, so I can't tell you specifically uh, what to wear. But what I can say is that, you know, a pantsuit or a skirt with a professional blouse is generally all you need to really worry about. Um, kind of the same guidelines I would recommend for men. Don't do anything that's too ridiculous, too stand out. You know, women have a lot more of a fashion sense about them, and, and it's just more generally accepted that, that women are going to have more options when it comes to what they wear to an interview. You know, I, I think the key point here is, you know, don't do anything too ridiculous, too flamboyant, too stand out. Uh, you, you want them to focus on you, not what you're wearing. You know, I would, I would just, you know, keep that in mind. Um, you know, when it comes to your shoes, I would do some sort of, you know, low heels. I would, I mean, you can do, you know, stilettos or high heels if you really want to, but I think like one or two inches probably better. So you're not like, you know, overly showing yourself in a particular direction as far as like overly fashionable or, you know, your heels, you don't want them to remember what you're wearing. You want them to remember what you, right? So again, that that's where this recommendation comes from. Professional flats are, are also fine as well. Um, you know, in light makeup, like, you know, like I said, I've seen troops on the weekend. I can't even recognize them sometimes because they just look so different in their civilian clothes and they're wearing makeup and all this other stuff, you know, and that's great. And I, and I think you should go in there, you know, looking in a way that makes you feel confident and comfortable. But at the same time, Again, you want you want them to remember you and, and not the makeup you were wearing and not the clothes you were wearing. So just keep that in mind as you're putting this together. Just something that 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 again allows the focus to be on you and not what you're wearing. So on shoes and belts, ladies, you might know this. A lot of guys don't, so I need to go through this. Um, black or dark brown shoes. Don't veer from that, guys. Um, and. One point here, if you have black low quarters, which is what the Air Force calls it, your black dress shoes, this is not a time to wear those. Those can go in the closet. You're never wearing those again. You don't, this is, if you wear those, you'll stick out like a sore thumb. They don't look great. Get real night, like actual dress shoes. Again, you don't have to spend a lot on these 50 to 75 bucks. I got mine on Zappos for like $75 and, and I got the exact same brand in black and the exact same brand in dark brown. And that worked perfect. You, perfect. You will see. A lot of, of folks at you know hiring conferences and job fairs wearing uh, light brown or maybe some like blue shoes. That's great. You can get that later on. But again, for now, we're getting one suit, one set of shoes. You can go with black or dark brown, regardless of what you're wearing. Even if you get a blue and dark navy blue suit, you can wear black shoes with that, or you can wear brown. And then if you get a gray or a dark gray suit, you can wear brown or black shoes with that. So really, whatever combination you want to go with is fine. Um, but just realize that the belt you're wearing then has to match your shoes. So if you have a brown belt, it needs to match the brown shoes, and it needs to be the same tone. Don't wear a light brown belt with a dark brown shoe, so just keep that in mind. Belts, you can get really cheap. Nobody's looking at your belt. They probably won't even see it. Like 20 bucks is fine. Um, and then if you are wearing a leather-banded watch, 
that band needs to match your belt and your shoes. Um, So what I did to make sure that this was never an issue is I got a watch through a company called Vincero, and they're not sponsoring this uh, or anything, but but I think it's Vincero.com, and I bought the watch, and you can get interchangeable leather bands with that watch. So I have for that watch, which I it's a it, you know it's like sixty seventy dollar watch, so not nothing crazy, and it's a stainless steel uh, like head of the watch. But the band, I have a black leather band and a in a, like a medium brown leather band, so I can switch out the band depending on what I'm wearing. Um, I just feel like a, a leather banded watch looks a little bit more upscale when I'm trying to look sharp than a stainless steel watch. Uh, but again, you can avoid all of this and just get a stainless steel watch, which is totally fine. I wear stainless steel watches to work every day, and I wore them to some of my interviews. So you can just completely avoid it by going that route. Moving on to shirts. So my recommendation is white or light blue. Again, you're not trying to stand out here. You're not trying to do anything ridiculous. Don't go with a black shirt or anything else. You're always going to need a white and a light blue dress shirt in your closet if you don't already have one. That's something that you can never go wrong with. So I recommend getting one of those if you don't already have it. There's a reason politicians always wear white, sh- white shirts, right? They're trying to not detract from, they're not trying to make a fashion statement. They're trying to uh, project whatever type of confidence or, or whatever they're talking about. They want people to focus on what they're saying, not what they're wearing. And that's the same case here. You want people to remember what you're saying and how you interact with them, not what you're wearing. So white shirt or, or light blue shirt is totally acceptable. When it comes to ties, and we, you might think we're getting in the weeds here, but I'm telling you, like this stuff matters um, because, again, you want to look professional, you want to look sharp, but you don't want people to remember you for the wrong reasons. Um, so when we're when we're going with ties, my recommendation is red and blue. You should always have a red and blue tie in your closet if you don't already. You can get other colors, and like I said, when you get on the job, if you wear a suit or you're wearing a tie to work every day, you can wear whatever crazy tie you want, your New York Yankees tie or your you know, Washington Redskins tie or whatever. But for your interview, that's not the time to try to stand out for any other reason. You just want to look professional, look confident. Blue and red both project confidence. And, and, and you'll notice that's why politicians wear those colors as well, right? They've, they're trying to always project confidence. I always go with blue generally. Um, blue, I think, is a more subdued confidence. It's more of like a, I feel like blue is a little bit more of a collected confidence, whereas red is a little bit more bold. Um, but you really can't go wrong with either one. It's more of a preference at that point. But I recommend at least one of those, just one of those two colors. Keep it simple. A lot of guys want to wear cufflinks. Don't wear cufflinks. Don't get a French cuffed shirt. Just don't. This is not the time to do that. If you want to do that at a wedding or something, feel free. But no cufflinks. Lapel pins. If you have one that's like really important to you, like I had a friend who's had friends who died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. And so he always wore uh, a helicopter lapel pin that was the particular model of the Chinook that he went down in. So if you have something like really important like that to you, feel free to wear that. Um, But again, you know, that's a story that you can tell it. It's a way for people to connect with you. But I wouldn't get too caught up in lapel pins. If you don't have like a specific one that you already wear, you already have a reason to wear, I really wouldn't do it. You know, you could get like an American flag one or something, I guess. That's pretty common. But I I wouldn't worry about it. Nobody cares about the lapel pin. It's not going to help you get the job. So unless you have like a reason to wear one that you already wear or something unique and specific, I wouldn't worry about it. Now, moving on to perhaps 
what I have seen as one of the most controversial things when I discuss like getting out with veterans. Now is not the time to grow a beard. So ladies, you don't have to worry about that, but it, but you probably have seen this. A lot of times guys when they get off cannot wait to grow a beard and not have to shave every day. And believe me, I was one of those people. I my skin gets irritated when I shave. I hated shaving every day and you know, I did it for I never was able to grow facial hair in my life until I left active duty because by the time I turned 18, uh, I wasn't really growing facial hair in high school. By the time I started to, I was going to college. And, you know, for those of you who've been listening, I, I went to the Air Force Academy, you know, can't grow a beard there. So I was shaving every day there and then on active duty, obviously. And then when I was finally getting off, that was legitimately one of the things I was looking forward to. And I've talked to other guys who also were looking forward to not having to shave every day. And, and I was too. But you're not out yet. This is not the time to start growing a beard. You could go into a beard and look professional, but if you've never grown a beard before, you probably don't know how to make it look professional because you've probably never been on leave long enough to actually grow a beard. And you don't want to go in there with a five o'clock shadow or some stubbled look that's not a good look. Give yourself some time as a civilian, as a veteran outside of active duty to figure out how to grow a beard and how to make it look professional. Because it, it's just a risk that's not worth taking. Again, just shave for that one damn day for that interview. Like, it's not that hard. Don't risk it. Um, and you don't know the environment that you're going into. If you're going into a sales role, they may not want you to have facial hair. Like, there are certain industries, certain cultures within companies. You don't know what it is. And if you're clean shaven, you can't go wrong. If you're wearing a beard, there's a risk there. Don't take that risk. Just shave. Be done with it. Haircuts. Uh, again, you don't have to get a haircut every freaking day when you get off active duty. Believe it or not, most vets tend to keep the same haircut when they leave because you're just used to it. Like recently, I went pretty long without a haircut, and the the hair on the sides of my head was driving me nuts because it was touching my ears. In my entire life, I've never had my hair touch my ears because I grew up in a military family, and I went to service academy, and I was on active duty. So it's never been an issue. And you know, I went a little bit longer than I should have between haircuts, and it was driving me wild. And so my hair... Since I got out of active duty, I mean, it's slightly longer, but it's not even that. It's really just I don't worry about it as often because nobody's checking it. But a lot of times people just keep the same haircut. Now, if you have a high end tight or something, you might grow it out a little bit more. But the whole point here is when you get to the interview, now is not the time for your new haircut where you're going to look all slick and cool. Keep it trim. Keep it clean. Keep it neat. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're probably still on active duty if you're interviewing uh, for your first job off of active duty. So just keep it straightforward. Keep doing what you're doing. Nobody is going to judge you for a short haircut. Plenty of men in the private industry and in corporate America have short haircuts. Just keep it what you got for now. You can grow it out later and try whatever you want once you get a job. Don't risk it. The last thing I'll say is there might be people listening who are wondering, why am I going through some of this obvious stuff? And I said it at the outset. I've seen this happen in interviews before. I've seen people come in with five o'clock shadows. I've seen people come in wearing ridiculous ties and ridiculous, like I had a guy come in in a black suit, black shirt, and pink tie. It's fine, right? I'm not going to like disqualify him for it, but I remember that. I don't remember anything about him, but I remember what he was wearing. That's not what you want. You want me to forget what you were wearing, but remember that really great story that you told or remember that really interesting background that you have or that really great conversation we had about something. And if you if, if you are too worried and wound up in what you're wearing and, and not as focused on how you're going to convey yourself and the attitude you're going to portray and the stories that you're going to have prepared... If you're, if you're not focused on the right things, it's not going to go the direction you want. And so you could be fashionable anywhere else in your life, but now is not the time to do that. And once you get out, 
you might get another suit that's maybe a little bit more fashionable, something that you like more, but then you've been through the process and you know what it's like and you have a better sense of what's acceptable in corporate America. Right now, corporate America is pretty casual. I mean, since I got out, I've never worn a suit. I mean, for interviews, like when I interviewed at Capital One, I wore a suit. Um, But even then, I didn't have to. They actually said wear business casual. I talked to some people on the inside. They're like, just wear a suit. But I didn't have to. And every day at work, I wear jeans and like uh, like a collared shirt, like a polo or like a short sleeve button up or long sleeve button up, something like that, or like a sweater. I I mean, and and I wear Allbirds, like I wear sneakers to work. So there's a lot of office environments that are really casual. Um, and so you may not you, you may not have to really worry about this. And you can be more fashionable when you get the job. But again, during the interview, wear a suit. Keep it straightforward. Keep it simple. You can get more shirts, more ties, more lapel pins, more cufflinks, whatever the hell you want when you get out and you're fully out and you have a job. But until then, let's not overdo this. Let's not take any risks that aren't worth taking. Keep it simple and keep it straightforward. Um, so that's pretty much it. Again, the last, the, like the last thing I'll say here, and the really the, the focus on this whole purpose of this episode is you want them to remember you, not what you were wearing. Get them to focus on you and the stories you're telling and the message you're trying to convey, not what you're, you're not there to show off your fashion sense, unless you're interviewing in fashion, which if you are, uh, I don't know what to do for you. You do your thing, but, but 99% of you are not. Um, and, and I think this advice is, is most appropriate for you guys. So that's all, that's all I have for now. As we end every episode, uh, with my favorite quote, Winston Churchill quote, uh, success is not final failure. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So remember, no matter how many interviews you, you succeed at or how many you fail at, it's never over. We're always learning. I'm always learning. I've gone through multiple interview processes. Now uh, my resume has gone through hundreds of iterations. It'll continue to go through that. Um, and, and the same is true for you guys, whether you're doing your first interview or your hundredth and your first civilian job or your 10th civilian job, whatever the case is, this transition is always ongoing, never ending. Uh, and there, and, and just like, like you, I'm always learning stuff as well. And, and so just remember that as you, as you continue through this process, uh, it's unique for us as veterans. That's why I created this podcast. We have a unique perspective, a unique background. Some things that seem obvious to some people don't seem obvious to us. And that's why I wanted to create a podcast so I could tell you guys what I've learned and, and, and spread that information uh, as much as I can. But you know, there's no one way to go about this. What works for me might not necessarily work for you, but I can at least give you my two cents on what I've seen from my perspective going through the process and also seeing other veterans go through as uh, someone who conducted interviews for my company and and, uh, and 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 going about that currently with Capital One when I talk to veterans all the time who are interested in coming on board at Capital One. So having said that, thanks so much for listening. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. That's pat at transitionvetcoach.com. Check out our website, transitionvetcoach.com. You can check out the associated blog post with this episode there. You might even be listening to this episode on the website. There's also a lot of other uh, blog posts there. All the podcasts are there as well. Uh, And if you sign up for our newsletter, you will get a free transition tips checklist, which is a, a very condensed summation of everything that we talk about on the podcast. It's really like the key things to make sure uh, that you take care of when you're getting out. And believe it or not, what to wear is on that trans- transition checklist. So if you want that free checklist, sign up for a newsletter. We send very, very, very little email. I promise you, only when we have new content for you, that's it. I don't spam you. I don't I don't have any sponsors. I don't do any of that shit. Uh, I'm just here just talking in a microphone in my office and seeing who listens. So um, with that said, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, and next time, uh, we'll continue on the interview series, but you have to tune in next time to see what the, the, the episode is about, but thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next episode. 
You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com.